0: It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at Northstarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on this Tuesday, October 27th, as we look to recap UFC 254 Khabib versus Gaethje, which of course took place on Saturday, October 24th at the Flash Forum on Yas Island, Abu Dhabi. And uh, man, good to be back with you guys. A lot to talk about on this show. A lot of housekeeping to get to before we, uh, you know, get into our recap, but Man, what a very very eventful weekend. That was that was fun all around uh you know from from a UFC standpoint, uh from a drama standpoint, which we'll get into and and you know from a North Star Sports uh, perspective. You know, this was this was really fun. Obviously, it was the first round of the October World Grand Prix. Um, a lot of drama even within that. You know, no drama here on the mailman's part as he defeats the fireman. I want to say 58-54, um, you know, not even close. The mailman, you know, he always delivers, you know what I mean? And he delivered, uh, you know, an ass-whooping, you know, in this, in this legendary tournament. And, you know, I mean, what can you expect from the mailman? You know, he, he just delivers, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we look at the other side of the bracket here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, a lot of drama. A lot of drama you know a lot of people said that uh, you know the the western part of the bracket I guess I guess we don't have the the sides of it named but you know you look at you look at the West and you know that was really tough you know the, the only two people who have who have ever been champions were, were on that side of the bracket with me and, and and the fireman and you know a lot of people said that that right side is pretty weak you know it was Reagan Hooverman who was coming off of a title loss a few weeks ago and it was captain. It was captain making his debut and of course uh, captain's a fucking dog uh he is a chihuahua who actually made the picks captain actually made those picks um he picked the fighters uh we did we did it with treats in different hands um and you know captain captain made those picks and uh they tied they tied reagan and captain tied reagan tied with a dog um i, I want to say it was 55 55 um, so, you know, not a great look for the hound dog. Pretty good look for the actual dog, the literal underdog. And, man, Captain's fucking good at picks, dude, because I think he was down by two points heading into that final round. This motherfucking Chihuahua picks Khabib submission round two and fucking scores a 10-8 round and fucking ties it. I, I shit a brick when I saw that. You know, I was like, I don't know. When Captain made those picks, I was like, uh, submitting Gaethje, I I mean, I don't know. It's possible, but round two so early. But Captain actually fucking aced the fucking title fight. He fucking aced it. So that's very impressive. I mean, that was, I'm not going to say it was going to be a clear-cut Reagan-Hooverman victory because he was only up by two points, but two points is a lot. I mean, to to close that gap, you have to have a, a pretty good pick. And this fucking dog picked Khabib, round two submission. So then, of course, it goes to a draw. But then we found out later that, um, you know, Captain uh, Breaking News, uh, he he had too many peanut butter treats in his system. He had too many. Uh, He's like the John Jones. He had too many pictograms of peanut butter in his system. And uh, it's still going to go down as a draw, but Reagan Hooverman's advancing to the finals, so I'll take on Reagan Hooverman in the finals. And, um, yeah, Captain, he's going to get fined by the uh, North Star Sports uh, Athletic Commission. He's going to get fined three rawhides, three rawhides, which it's a big deal, and it's not really. Captain goes through rawhides quicker than any dog I've ever seen, but he does love rawhides, so that that is going to hit him right where it matters. You talk about, like, oh, the the Raiders or the Titans are breaking uh, protocol for, for COVID in the NFL and they get fined like a quarter of a million dollars meh you start finding draft picks the, the teams will care and you know, you start finding chihuahuas their rawhides you know they're gonna fucking care so I, I, hope, uh, I hope this is the last time that captain cheats I've heard that he's filing a motion to appeal with North Star Sports to try to get himself back into the tournament and uh, we'll see how that goes uh, the appeal, I think, is coming up on uh, Wednesday, so I guess a little more than a day from now. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Maybe Captain goes back into the tournament and takes on Drew. Um, that would be interesting. I mean, they got a, they got a battle for the bronze medal match because we are doing medals. Um, so, basically, everybody gets a medal except for the loser in, in the consolation. I mean, you know, you just lose. Um, but... You know, it, it it was interesting. It was it was a fun event, and uh, you know we'll be doing these every single month. The last two um, events of the month will be, uh, you know, the the uh, Grand Prix, and um, you know it's exciting. It's fun. Um, hopefully, we'll get different people to do it. Uh, I think I'm I'm always going to be a constant. Uh, Drew's probably always going to be a constant, and who knows? Maybe maybe Reagan gets more into MMA. I've been telling him uh you know he should uh, he should look into it he should look into it cuz it's a, it's a solid sport i think everybody genetically um possesses the capability to be a fan of mma um just because combat uh combat um historically is in every single culture you know on every every single corner of the globe um so i think people have the the potential to like it um but yeah you know we'll we'll see we'll see um what was it? Oh, the other fucking major thing. I was perfect on my picks. I was fucking perfect on my picks. I was 12-0. and 0. I was 12-0 and 0 on my picks. I uh, picked every one correct, which is amazing. I don't think... I've never done that. I think Drew did that... Um, I think he did that for the Overeem and Harris card back in May. Uh, but that was very impressive. That's fucking really hard to do. And uh, I got one. I uh, picked all of them right. I think... I think the the best I've done was 11 and 2 and that was for UFC 251. Um, there was a, there was a, just a couple I messed up on. I I, I forget which one. I I, I want to say I fucked up on Usman and Masvidal. I must, I think I might have picked Masvidal. Um, but that's pretty darn good too. Um, but you know, 12 and 0, that's impressive. Um, but not en- enough about uh, my picks, enough about North Star Sports. Uh, Let's get into the recap here. So, obviously, in the main event of the evening, uh, we had the unification of the lightweight belt. Um, It was a submission via triangle choke from Khabib Nurmagomedov on Justin Gaethje. Um, Obviously, the big storyline here is uh, immediately following the conclusion of the fight. Uh, Khabib retired. And um, I, I guess I'll talk briefly about the fight. But I, I'm so much more fascinated and, and interesting, and I feel like most people probably are, by the Khabib retirement. So just a little bit um, stylistically about the fight, I thought I thought Khabib won the first round, and I, and I don't think anybody would deny that. But I was very impressed by actually Justin Gaethje in that first round because I think that's if you well. If you were going to beat Khabib, because evidently nobody will ever fight him again, so you can't say when someone fights Khabib. Um, but if someone were to beat Khabib, I think that's how you do it. I was very impressed. Dustin Dustin Poirier had a lot of problems with Khabib and always backing up toward the, towards the fence. And his coaches told him that, and even Dustin knew it. But it's easier said than done to not back up towards the fence when he's coming at you. Now, the way Dustin... The, the way Khabib came at Dustin and the way that Khabib came at Justin Gaethje are fucking night and day. That was the heaviest pressure I've ever fucking seen. I've ever seen. That pressure was fucking ridiculous. Um, I, I, it makes sense that that was his last fight. I mean, we probably should have known that by the way he was fighting. That was fucking ridiculous. And he got, I wouldn't say he got tagged, but he definitely got hit a couple of times pretty darn hard. Um, by Gaethje but he was landing as well and but but, but I was it's it, you know I was impressed by Gaethje because when you talk about people fighting Khabib you have to grade on a curve you know what i mean so it goes without saying Khabib won the first round it goes without saying Khabib's performance was impressive in the first round but when you grade on a curve i thought that was how you would beat that that was how you would beat Khabib by always backing up always backing up, always circling, so you're never putting your back to the cage. Um, I I think it's very smart because when he gets you by the cage, I mean, we saw Justin Gaethje stuff a couple of takedowns in the center of the octagon. It's just much harder for Khabib and most people to take people down in the middle of the octagon. Um, And and knowing that Khabib is a volume takedown guy, um, I thought that really was a good game plan by Justin Gaethje. He was stuffing takedowns. Uh, he was always moving back. He was always circling. I'm sure that's exhausting. But he was landing some pretty good leg kicks. Honestly, like, if he landed just a couple of more, I mean, who knows how that fight would have gone. I, I, mean, I still think Khabib would have won, but you know what I mean. It was a good strategy. It, honestly, it was a very good strategy by Justin Gaethje. And he was landing some some strikes. I think that's how you have to beat Khabib unless you're just a fucking freak of a wrestler which I don't think exists in the lightweight division to to the caliber of um, Khabib but that's just how you gotta do it man that's how you gotta do it and uh, I was surprised I was surprised that he he got choked out and that was an interesting anecdote from Daniel Cormier talking about how uh, Khabib was gonna go for uh, an arm bar but Justin's parents were there and he didn't want to injure him so he went with a triangle so that there would be no lasting damage I think that just speaks to the fucking dominance of Khabib to even consider that like most people if they see a submission you know it, it would just kind of go like oh there's a submission let me take this and finish the fight right away but he's so fucking good uh, I can go through the decks of oh, I don't like this submission oh, I can't do this submission because of this oh, I'll do this like uh, just a tremendous tremendous performance by Khabib um, it's it's an interesting discussion, and maybe I'll do a follow-up video on something like this, as I take a sip of some uh, bubbly water. Ah, that's good stuff. Um, but maybe I'll do a follow-up vi- follow-up video, because I think it probably needs addressing, but um, it's an interesting talking point about where does Khabib fit all-time, and I think that's a tough discussion, and I think I saw... I don't want to be a Khabib hater, and, and, and you know what I mean, so don't fucking get your undies in a bunch but like I we have a tendency to overreact when stuff happens so I saw a lot of people saying well Khabib's the greatest of all time he's the greatest of all time no he's not Khabib is not the greatest of all time now before you say hater Khabib is one of the greatest of all time he is I think Khabib at this point and this is why I say I probably should do another show to address this I, I think Khabib is on the Mount Rushmore and I want people to realize how impressive it is to be on the Mount Rushmore, so that when when I say he's not the greatest of all time, people don't think I'm hating. Like, there's been thousands of fighters, and this this is a guy who's in the top four of all time. So I just want like, it's fucking crazy to get into the UFC. It's crazy to become uh, a, a UFC champion. Like when you look at like how many fighters do it, like how many fighters just flame out. Like it goes without saying, but it, it does bear repeating because I I just want as much con- context as possible when I'm discussing this. But like he he's in the Mount Rushmore, but he's 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 not the greatest, guys. Like uh, I, I respect John Anik's opinion. Um, John Jones is still the greatest of all time, and I can get into that a little deeper. Um, when when I do that episode eventually. But essentially what it boils down to is, and again, when I'm saying this, I'm not shitting on Khabib. He's one of the greatest of all time. But when you talk about the big boys, when you talk about people on the Mount Rushmore, you have to grade them very harshly because it, the, your resume has to, has to stand up to a lot of scrutiny for, for you to claim you know such bold claims, okay? So the reason why he is not number one or number two i i think the highest i can talk about him right now is 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 number three is number three i'm not saying he's number three he might be number four um but i think the highest i can go right now is number three and i don't see myself changing i think george saint pierre is a better fighter uh than khabib um or is it, it, see that's a tough thing right because we, we, you have to talk about legacy so I would listen to the argument, and probably would agree with the, uh, the the claim that Khabib is the most dominant fighter of all time. I think that's true. I think Khabib is the most dominant fighter of all time, but that doesn't mean he's the greatest fighter of all time. Those are those are two different things. As um, so I turn my alarm off, there. Those are two different things. So John Jones is not more dominant than Khabib, but John Jones is a greater fighter. His resume is better than Khabib. It's not even close. I mean, this was a guy who was a champion at a far younger age than Khabib, has far more title defenses than Khabib. Um, the, the the quality of competition, that's, that's fundamentally the thing that's going to go against Khabib, is nobody would deny that he dominated everybody he fought. Dominated everybody he fought. But the thing that's going to go against him is who did he beat? Who did he beat? He beat a lot of great guys. He has a resume that's better than a lot of fighters. Again, I'm going to say it over and over again. But when you talk about the big boys, when you talk about the greatest of all time, why is Fedor not the greatest heavyweight of all time? Oh, I don't know, because he fought fucking bums for like 75% of his fights. So Khabib comes to the UFC at 16-0. and So already the majority of his wins are against no names in Russia. Okay, not his not his fault there's plenty of guys who come over with you know lofty records fair enough but like in my mind there's four very quality very quality wins from Khabib and that would be uh it it, and I'm talking about beating quality opponents not dominating like Michael Johnson who's a tough fighter but nobody would you know he's never been a champ he's a 500 fighter you know all that stuff like that Rafael Dos Anjos, I I think that's one of uh, Khabib's signature wins when you talk from a a legacy standpoint uh, because uh, you Dos Anjos is a tough motherfucker, has a very tough schedule, has a lot of wins in the UFC, obviously was a former champ, nearly was a champ at at welterweight as well. Um, I think uh, McGregor, obviously, that's probably his best. Win when you look at um, you know doing doing the most for his legacy. Um, Poirier, I think that's a great one. Obviously former interim champ, and uh, you know just he's he has like 24 wins in the UFC or something fucking ridiculous and like five losses. Like just a guy who doesn't lose in the UFC. And then Gaethje, I think Gaethje would be in the top four signature wins um, for Khabib. But outside of that, who else did he beat? So he has four really nice wins, right? there's, like, 15 really nice wins for John Jones, you know what I mean? Like, how many former champs did Khabib beat near their prime, and how many former champs did John Jones beat in or near their prime? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Shogun, Rampage, Machida, uh, Evans... Uh, you know, beat Cormier, like, you know what I mean? The, the resumes just don't stack up. They're, it, it, they're, they, they just don't stack up. They don't stack up. But the dominance from Khabib is there. But again, you also have to consider, like, well, you know, he beat. Abel Trujillo you know what I mean he beat Daryl Horcher. like n- nobody would start Khabib's legacy with any of those guys but like again it comes down to he has four really 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 nice wins that truly mean something and then just a lot of you know wins that don't matter in Russia and a lot of wins in the UFC against like not good fighters um but again you know this is probably for, for a later time um but and again that's a little unfortunate and obviously it's his right to retire and he has great reason and obviously the passing of his father is uh you know very very unfortunate for you know many many reasons that have nothing to do with um you know mixed martial arts but obviously you know when we're talking about the the sport of it here um you know it it, it is a little unfortunate that we'll never see Khabib fight again because maybe if Khabib fought 5 more fights maybe he would be the greatest of all time because maybe well, surely in these next five hypothetical fights I'm talking about for Khabib, surely they would be against great fighters. Like maybe, maybe if he had five more fights, maybe he fights GSP and maybe he, he or he probably beats GSP. He fights uh, Tony Ferguson, beats Tony Ferguson. Maybe he beats Conor McGregor again. Maybe he beats, you throw in like Michael Chandler and maybe like a Charles Oliveira and then. You go back and look at the totality of his resume in the UFC, and you go, "Wow, like he's starting to close in and or pass John Jones when it comes to strength of schedule." But just right now, the, the the strength of schedule is not there, and he's only 32. So Khabib could do this physically, you know. For I mean, Jesus Christ, he could. You know what I mean? Like he could do this for the next six years, and think about how many dominant more wins he would get like he's not retiring because he can't do it he's retiring on top which is something um that is very commendable and um you don't see that a lot in you really never see that fighters never retire on top um either they they you know keep doing it for money or or whatever their reasons are but fighters just never retire on top how many champions have retired on five fight losing streaks how many champions go out like woodley how many champions go out like Rashad Evans, how many champs go out like Jens Pulver or BJ Penn or guys like this? Most of them, I guess. Those are you know a little more extreme examples, but nobody fucking retires on top. Um, so you, you gotta commend them for just saying ah, enough's enough. Um, but man, it's 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 gonna it's gonna suck that Khabib's not here. He's obviously. Uh, He obviously has many more great performances he could have put on if he had wanted to. Um, Again, nobody would blame him for retiring. But I do think the lightweight division just got a hell of a lot more interesting. I'll tell you that much. Um, Because when you have a dominant champ, it's still fun, but you have a dominant champ. You know that he's probably going to beat Gaethje. You know that he's going to beat Poria. You know that he's going to beat all these guys. It's really interesting now. Who's the next lightweight champ? And, uh, you know, tomorrow I think we'll do a Vikings, uh, bi-week show and, uh, a segment of Mailman's, excuse me, Mailman's matchmaking. Cause I think it's time. Haven't done it in maybe a couple of months. Um, so I think it's time, but like who, who the fuck is going to be the next lightweight champ? I have no fucking idea. If it was me, I put, I would put Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier in a title fight. I think Gaethje needs to be in a title fight, but like... Or, if the UFC was smart, they should have done this for many divisions before. But I think they should do a, like a, a Grand Prix. I think they should do a four-man tournament. I think Poirier should fight McGregor. And I think, uh, well, actually, no, that doesn't make sense. Well, the four-man tournament makes sense. but You, you could put so many people in there. But I think you know you, you probably have to include Ferguson. You probably have to include Gaethje, Poirier, McGregor. Um, and I, I think that would be fun. But I don't know. Is Michael Chandler the next lightweight champ? Uh, maybe I, I I don't know there's a lot of no nobody's talking about Charles Oliveira but that motherfucker just keeps submitting people and his striking's gotten much better and he's been in the UFC since he was like fucking 19 and he's only you know so he's only 30 um is that guy the next champ uh, real possibility so uh, things just got a lot more interesting with the retirement of uh Khabib but uh, the sport definitely will not be the same uh that's for sure so uh shout out to Khabib Um, oh sure and then um, rankings wise so rankings um, obviously we updated our rankings I wanted to get to that very quickly Um, so we do have Khabib still as the lightweight champ I want to see him get officially removed from the UFC before I take him down Um, obviously Gaethje moves from interim champ back to the number one uh, contender and uh, pound for pound uh, we moved Khabib from two to one I think Khabib has earned it he is the number one guy pound for pound um, he is the most dominant fighter uh, in the UFC right now and over the last couple of years so um, yeah we, we put Khabib there as the uh, number one on the pound for pound uh, Johnny Bones moves down a spot to um, number two um, yeah so that was that for the that was that for the rankings there um, now moving on here to the co-main event we had a unanimous decision victory for Robert Whitaker over Jared Cannonier. Um, yeah, great performance by Whitaker. Um, I, I think he's next in line for a title shot with um, Adasanya. I would really like to see that fight again. I think Rob's a guy who um, is very, very well-rounded. Um, we we saw in the Till fight and we saw in this fight with um, he he does have takedowns. Now, in both of those fights, he didn't really hold either of his opponents down but it's it's another thing to throw at your opponent i'd love to see that against adesanya um because we haven't really seen fighters look to take him down um certainly over his last handful of fights so i think that would present an interesting dimension he's not a better striker than than you know cringe asanya um but if you could throw that in there i don't know i mean it 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 speaks volumes that uh, adesanya knocked him out but Even with that, you know, being out there, he's still got a hell of a chin. He still is a good striker. Um, You still can beat him up pretty badly. I mean, he could fight on no kneecaps like he did with um, Romero. So, you know, you beat two of the top guys, (laughs) you know, then, I mean, who else do you throw in there? Uh, It doesn't really make sense for you to put anybody out there. Um, Other than that, I think that would be a huge fight, and the timetables probably work um, in the favor of the UFC having fans, maybe doing this fight down in Australia or New Zealand um, and, and trying to work on something like that. But, you know, this was a great performance by Robert Whitaker. Um, real dominant. I have no fucking idea how that was a 29 28. Um, that was a clear cut 30 27, in my mind. Um, Whitaker won every round. Now, some rounds were closer than others. Um, the third round was, was pretty darn interesting um, just because uh Whitaker hurts him pretty badly in the first third of that final round um and then Cannoneer kind of clips him and then the fight finishes with you know Whitaker uh you know nearly finishing Cannoneer so um it was an interesting run from uh the, the crystal boy um but um I don't know where he I don't know where he goes from here um, there's a lot of interesting matchups at, at middleweight but that was a, a masterful performance from Whitaker of course he's, he said he's going to take some time off but you know that's impressive for a guy who has been plagued by well I don't want to say inactivity but maybe not fighting as often as he'd like to you know having the problem with his bowels and that and uh you know that fight being off and you know I think he only fought like once in 2019 and once in 2018. You know it's really it's really good to see him have two wins in basically three months you know what i mean um so uh, i'm very impressed by whitaker i i do think he's improved i, I, I and <coughs> excuse me he's such a fucking good guy too you know i was listening to his post-fight presser he's a fucking great guy he might be the the i don't know there's a lot of tough a lot of tough options for nicest guy i think i think you have to give it to wonder boy thompson but fuck man whitaker is such a fucking cool dude um you know he's, he's a funny motherfucker as well australians are the fucking best um and they, and they truly are america's number one ally shout out to australia if we have people listening down under um but yeah, that's that's that there. Um, I didn't change the rankings because they were number one and number two, and number one beat number two. And I didn't really think uh, Cannoneer should go below Paulo Costa. Maybe he should. Maybe I'll reconsider that. But I, I didn't move anything um, in, in the middleweight division. Um, now moving on here to the featured bout, we had a round two KO from uh, Alexander Volkov on Walt Harris. Um, knocks him out with a kick to the solar plexus, which was uh, absolutely brutal. Um, a good win for Volkov again. If if either fighter won this fight, it doesn't really do a ton. It obviously it's obviously another win. It moves you up slightly in the rankings, but the heavyweight division is so solidified that you're still behind like five other guys who are like extremely firmly entrenched in their each, each in their individual rankings. Um. So th- this was pretty much the top two guys who were not in super solidified spots. So uh, I think we moved Volkov up two spots and then moved Dosanios and Harris down. I want to say. Um, tough loss for Harris. I don't know what to make of him. I'm I'm always fascinated by people with uh, serious power, and I thought he did look good at at points. Um, in this fight but he just did a lot of fighting with zombie arms just his hands up um, it really seemed like he was the smaller fighter which which he was but it, it seemed amplified it, it really seemed like it was like a 6 foot 1 fighter against a 6 foot 7 fighter and not a 6 5 fighter against a 6 7 fighter I mean I don't know whenever your hands are up in the air and just that, that's what people who have no idea what they're doing when they fight do when they get in a fight like I just have my arms, both outstretched and just kind of waving around to stop anything that comes my way. Now, obviously, Harris knows how to fight, but it's not really a, a good sign to to see that. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this guy's cap is, um, and I, I don't know what's next for either of these guys, to be honest. But um, it was uh, kind of a weird finish, but uh, a, a good finish, especially when you look back on replay for Volkov uh moving on here we had an 18 second knockout from phil hawes on jacob malkoon um not a whole lot to say on that absolutely fucking brutal just vicious i mean that was one of the first punches that he landed uh i i I did find it weird that we had a 4-0 fucking prospect on the main card uh, of a huge of a historic pay-per-view I have no fucking idea why he was on there other than he's the training partner of Robert Whittaker but uh, he, he probably should train some more because uh, you don't you don't see a lot of 4-0 fighters in the UFC for a reason it's because uh, hey you're probably not ready and uh, definitely was not ready um, good for Phil Hayes people will know his name that was that was a knockout that people will remember all right, moving on here we had a uh, round two submission via a rear naked choke from Lauren Murphy on Lilia Shakarova. Um, good win for Murphy extends the winning streak. It, you know it, it's not gonna do anything for her rankings wise at least when it comes to North Star Sports. We did not move her up or move her down. Um, but it's, it's another paycheck. it's it's uh, her um, uh, pay-per-view debut on, on a main card so you know it's good to see her get a win in a high profile spot even if it's against an opponent that nobody knows who they are in fairness not a lot of people know who lauren murphy is but uh you know she's still there at number five or uh number six for north star sports and uh i mean a win's never gonna hurt you obviously uh it was supposed to be cynthia calvillo and um if she beat calvillo then maybe you can talk about a title fight i mean that would have been a win over a very highly ranked opponent but you know people fall out and uh you know that sucks but i really liked her her call out i loved it it was short it was succinct it, there was no corniness like uh a ben rothwell it was sincere it was i want a title fight the next time i step in the octagon will be a f- for a title fight and the next time i walk out of the octagon i'll have the belt um i don't believe any of that i don't think she's next in line for a title fight nor do i believe whoever she fights that she'll uh, walk out with a belt um, but I really like it. That was that was how you do callouts. That was how you do callouts. You, if you go out there and you know, this, this is corroborated by Uncle Chael, who's obviously the master, and 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 you know, basically everything that I would parrot about uh, promotion and callouts would be from Uncle Chael because you know this guy's the master. But you know, if you go out there and you say. I don't care who I fight, or or you don't have a a name and you're not setting up this eyeball time, this air time right now with what you're going to do in the future, your performance is already in the past, so nobody gives a shit about that. It's all about the future. If you don't set that up, that's just such a fucking disheartening waste of time to go out there and say, well, I'll have to go back home and reevaluate and we'll, we'll see what's next. Okay, so you don't care. And if you don't care, I don't care. If you don't care, the fans do not care. You have to care for the fans to care at a minimum. And even if you care, that doesn't mean the fans will care. But certainly if the fans care, you'll have to care. And uh, so I, I like that. That was exactly what you do. A lot of people could learn uh, a lot about uh, calling people out just from that you know, little 30-second exchange. I, I really like that. Uh moving on here on the uh, main card opener. We had a first round KO from Megamed Ankalaev over Ewan Kutalaba. Finally, Jesus Lord, we finally can get over this fucking fight. The fight that never should have happened in the first place, the fight that never should have been booked the second time, the third time or the fourth time, but we finally got it and thank fuck it's over. And this is why we didn't have to book the fight because we know Ankalaev is the far better fighter, and he knocked Iwan Kutalaba into fucking Pluto. That was a that was a thunderous knockout. It was so fast, it was so forceful, and the follow-up was fucking vicious too. I think the referee might have had a little Mario Yamasaki in him or some Steve maragati in him because. Uh, probably could have stop, stopped that a couple of punches sooner there, buddy, because uh, Kutalaba was dazed, and then he was getting peppered, uh, and then he was getting his head bounced up and down on the fucking canvas. <laughs> I mean, it's a bang-bang thing, and it's not like Kutalaba was getting his head pounded into the ground for 15 seconds, and it was stopped, but, like, holy shit. Like, okay, once his head starts bobbing up and down, well, we, we probably could stop it on that specific punch right there. We don't need two or three more follow-ups. Um, but yeah, the doorknob liquor got knocked out. Um, good for Ankoliyev. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, the, the post-fight show hit on that I talked about in, in the pre-fight show um, was Ankoliyev in his UFC debut got choked out at the 14 minute and 59 second mark in that fight versus Paul Craig. Okay, so if he never got choked out in that fight and there was no controversy with the Iwan Kutilaba fight, or actually forget that, forget the, forget, the, forget the Kutalaba fight, but if he was 6-0 and in the UFC, which, actually 5-0 and in the UFC, which he would have been um, if he hadn't lost to Paul Craig, this guy's probably, like, in the top seven, and we're, like, seriously talking about him getting a title shot. Like, he's right up there with, like, a Yuri Prohaska, or you know uh, uh, Alexander Rakic um, you know but, but that loss sent, set him back a little bit and this stupid fucking repeated booking of him with Kutalaba um, set him back like 8 months um, but now, now he gets through both of those and he keeps racking up wins I I would really fast track a guy like this I, I really want to see what this guy's made of um <clears throat> i don't think we've seen his his ceiling um certainly and you know i don't know I, I i would really fast track him so i think well i can pull up the rankings here i want to say we have him at 12 yep so we have him at 12 in the light heavyweight division i would really like to see him so anthony smith has a fight I don't think I don't think Volkan has a fight. I, I would really like to see him against number six Volkan Uzdemir, um, or maybe number eight Nikita Krilov. Um, I you know I, I really wanna I want this guy to get a top ten opponent and and not not in even within that I don't want it to be number ten. I don't want it to be number ten. Um, so I, I'm very curious. I mean, this is a guy. Listen, nobody nobody thought Jan Blahovich would be the fucking light heavyweight champion. And I think it would be a little disrespectful to him to say that the, that this division is wide open. Although it's certainly more wide open than when John Jones was champ, but like it is a little bit wide open. You know what I mean? Like Santos is a tough fighter. Teixeira's on the rise. So is Rakic. What does Prohaska bring? Um, it it is possible Ankaliyev could be champ. I mean, he has really good striking. Um, he he showed it on Saturday night and you know, with uh, with a win over like uh over, you know, number eight or number seven or number six. I mean, could just be one fight away from from after that from fighting uh Blahovich. So, you know, we'll see what this guy's career holds. But I'm I'm a little excited for uh, what it can bring. Uh moving on here on the prelims, uh tie two Avassa knocks out Stefan Struve. I'll try to roll through these a little quicker. Um good for him he needed the win you know obviously he got cut from the UFC Uh, he went 0-3 in his last three fights and you know they brought him back I mean this guy's marketable he's just got to win and like I said he's an Australian heavyweight an oceanic heavyweight Uh, you know they desperately need one in the UFC since uh, Hunto uh, went away a couple of years ago so uh, good to see him getting the dub um, one of my favorite gems in the UFC, Casey Kenny got a unanimous decision victory over Nathaniel Wood. Very tough fight. I think it was fair. I think Casey Kenny won that one 28, or excuse me, 29-28. Um, I don't think Wood won that fight although it was close. Certainly was not a fucking robbery, you fucking crybabies. It definitely was not a robbery. Any fight you even slightly disagree with is not a robbery. Even if Wood won that fight, I wouldn't say it was a robbery. I'd just say, ah, eh, I guess we disagree on um, scoring. But uh, yeah, good for Casey Canny. That guy, uh, I think, will be doing some. I don't want to say. I don't want to say big things because that makes it seem like you know, wow, I'm am re- really behind this guy. But like, he'll be doing some things. He'll be doing some ranked things, um, pretty soon. Um, with a great debut from Shavkat Rachmanov on Alex. Uh, Oliveira who missed weight pretty significantly. Um, good for him. He's from Kazakhstan. Glorious Kazakhstan. Uh, my wife. Uh, and that's about my only commentary on uh, on that. Man, I fucking love Borat. I gotta go back and watch Borat. That's a great movie. I know the new one came out. I, I, f- I feel like I should probably see that movie. But... Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. See, my, my concern is that the new Borat movie's not going to be good. And then it's just... I don't know. Then it just... It almost takes away from the enjoyment of the original Borat. Which is a high standard to live up to if the new one sucks. I feel like it would just ruin it for me. Um, but what I will go back and and rewatch is The Dictator. I totally forgot about that movie. That's a fucking great movie as well. That's a great movie as well. Um... But, you know, this is not the movie show. This is the uh, the MMA show. Um, we had a fight I did not watch that ended in a split draw between Da un Jung and uh, Sam Alvey. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, no ramifications from, from that fight. Good for them. Um, we had a... Uh, well, I guess technically a first-round stoppage. It was at the end of the first round, a doctor stoppage from a cut. Uh, a win there from Miranda Maverick on Liliana Jojua. Um, I saw a lot of people uh, bringing gender into this, that, uh, you know, that fight was only stopped because Jojua was a woman. Uh, I mean, her nose was falling off of her face. I mean, it, it was a gigantic cut that literally cut her nose in half. And, uh, she got a pretty big nose. It was a pretty big cut. It was a pretty obvious cut. It was pretty bloody. They couldn't stop the bleeding. I mean... Was it... I think it was a justified stoppage. I wouldn't argue with you that we've seen worse... Continue. But... I don't know. Like, we've seen Thomas Gifford get his fucking ass beat and then faceplant KO'd. Like... So does that mean we should allow that to happen? No, that was a fucking, you know, it was a terrible decision by the referee to let that continue. Like, I, I don't know. People could bring up extremes like, you know what I mean? People could bring up extremes like, I don't know, like Marvin Eastman was allowed to have a fucking sheep's vagina cut on his fucking head and that fight, you know, went on a little bit like, okay, does that, but should we have allowed that? Not really. I don't know. Again, it wasn't the wasn't the most brutal cut I've ever seen. I mean, a nose cut. I guess you'll probably be fine, but I don't know. It had nothing to do. People like to people always like to bring aspects into fights that have nothing to do with the fight, and that fight had absolutely nothing to do with with the gender of the um, of the person. I mean, again and again, it's cherry picking examples too. So I could just as easily go, um, yeah, but what about Raquel Pennington? Why was she allowed to fight up until the fifth round when she was getting her ass beat and there was absolutely no way she was going to win that fight versus Nunez? Why, why didn't the referee stop that fight? Well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it's it's kind of a non-sequitur. Just like this is a non-sequitur. It's just one anecdote. It's just it's just this... In, well, I... I see a female. I see a female, and I see a cut, and I'm going to stop it. It's going to be stopped, so it must be that variable. Well, I, I could cherry pick examples of fights that should have been stopped, but when? What about what about Valentina Shevchenko and Priscilla Cashweda? Did that have anything to do with their gender, or was that just a terrible ref that let that fight continue for way, way too long? it was just a terrible ref that left it let it go on for way too long we've seen we've seen early stoppages on females we've seen early stoppages on males we've seen late stoppages on males we've seen late stoppages on females i i don't does one happen with more frequency over the other probably probably not doesn't seem like it maybe if you went back statistically you might be able to decipher some patterns, some patterns, but I suppose that also would be the deciphering would be up to a certain level of conjecture, to where you couldn't really have like a concrete answer. But it's just stupid. It's stupid things that like people like uh, bloody elbow people would uh, would throw out there, like a Trent Rinesmith, um, who just perplexes me. I, I love I really love Trent Smith. Honestly, that's one of my favorite MMA media guys because God loves a trier God loves a trier and Trent Ryan Smith, that guy's a trier that guy he, he tries to get people to like him he tries to get the come on man or whatever the fuck to stick um, I don't know you have to be likable for like you to have a catchphrase like nobody really says there's a catchphrase of someone they don't like or that they don't know exists and uh, I love his Twitter I love his Twitter a lot uh, that guy and his his YouTube as well that guy gets ratioed more than anybody I've ever, see, ever seen. Like, I wonder if there's a way if I could pull up his uh, Twitter stats or his YouTube stats, and I'd love to see the cumulative total of all of his videos, how many likes he's gained and how many dislikes he's gained, because I guarantee you the like percentage on his videos have to be something like 30%, and that even might be generous. Like. He might get like 15 to 20 percent of likes on his videos. The rest are dislikes. I mean, that guy just gets ratioed. It's fucking hilarious. And that's the type of uh, that's the type of guy who's giving uh, journalism a good name. Uh, that's the type of guy who's um, giving journalism and, and MMA, MMA media a good name. Uh, you know, quality guy like uh, Trent Reinsmith who uh, only has negative things to say. Oddly, that's kind of weird. How uh, you know? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't ever listen to anybody who. Is solely negative I mean I think negativity And uh, You know Always pointing out problems Is uh, Is really cheap I think anybody Anybody could do that Anybody could just be Negative And find faults Um, You know Maybe Maybe Well Not with him But um, You know Anybody could find faults You know what I mean But uh, Yeah The guy's a douche And uh, You know I figured I'd mention that Because Doesn't seem like a very uh, Likeable guy um, yeah, that was quite the fucking tangent But yeah, that, that fight was a legitimate stoppage Not the greatest stoppage I've ever seen But um, perfectly legitimate And uh, we also uh, had on the prelim opener A submission via an arm bar From Yoel Alvarez on Alexander Yakovlev um, Did not get to see that one um, I, was, I was a little too busy um, uh, Sleeping I was a little too busy sleeping Because I um, I, th- I did not forget that it was an early start time but, uh, something in my head made me forget that there's prelims, so, like, they were talking about the, the early start time, and, obviously, the early start time was for the main card, and I was like, oh, okay, 2 p.m., all right, I can be up by 2 p.m., and then I totally fucking forgot, oh, yeah, there's these things called, uh, prelims, and, uh, they also exist, and they, uh, happen before the main card, and, uh, they oftentimes take a long time, <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, so I slept in until like 11 and uh, missed the first two fights, but uh, good for UL Alvarez. He missed weight, which uh, people are not going to like, but uh, good for him. Good for him. All right, so with that, uh, we'll wrap it up here again. You can check out our updated uh, rankings at NorthStarSports.media. Um, again, you could just check out the website in general. We got some cool stuff on there um, pertaining to the main card showdown, which a lot of people are trying to steal. Bunch of scumbag motherfuckers on Twitter stealing my ideas. Um, and, our, and our picks, and, you know, all of our shows are on there. And, uh, you know, it, it's got links to all of our uh, uh, podcast providers, uh, which are too numerous for me to name, but include things like uh, uh, Spotify, iHeartMedia, PodMN. Um, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts I mean really anywhere There's a a podcast To be listened to um, We're probably on there Except for Alexa We don't put shit on that Because I don't like I don't don't like Well I like Amazon the service I I like the convenience of Amazon But I'm not a big fan of Amazon Although I fully recognize I am hypocritical By um, uh, almost exclusively Ordering stuff um, off of Amazon um, but, yeah, and with that, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at M N, the mailman at OwenTheMailman, NorthstarSports at NorthstarMIN. Um, yeah, and, and we'll, have, we'll have a nice show tomorrow. Again, uh, talk Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk uh, matchmaking. Um, so I'll see you guys tomorrow. With that, thanks for tuning in, everybody.